You guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, you need to. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Mimesis, a podcast about all the twisted ways that life and art imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke. And I'm Sandra Sheriff Zachary. And we will be your hosts on this creepy adventure. Uh, this is actually episode one, take two for us. We're yeah. learning. <laughs> We're learning as we go. Uh, we had to re-record this one because somebody was talking into her mic backwards. It's me. I'm somebody. <laughs> hey, I didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah. You were like, oh, I can see the light from across the table. That should be a good thing. No, no, no. I should be the one seeing the light. Oh, well. But it's a good thing that we're actually re-recording this because we can now tell you that our social media platforms are up. Yay! We are on Facebook at facebook.com backsplash the Mimesis podcast. And we are on Instagram at at the Mimesis podcast. And you can get a hold of us on Gmail at the Mimesis podcast at gmail.com. So all those wonderful things are happening. Yeah, I'm still working on the website. It'll be up hopefully soon. Yes. And <laughs> before this airs, it'll be up. And this will be airing May 2nd. If you're hearing this, it's May 2nd. Hello from the past. <laughs> uh, from there, we are shooting for Mondays, every Monday that we will release a new episode. We are also hoping to get some additional content in for you guys, sneaking little little mini episodes here and there when we yeah. can. I like your idea on the little mini episode. I think so. I think it'll be fun because sometimes mm -hmm. we have topics like when we research something that it's like an offshoot of it where we go, okay, research this, but this would be kind of fun. And we can do those little additional ones along the way too. Yeah. Um, one more thing. Um, Sandra, tell me, when you were younger, did you ever play s any kind of creepy slumber party games? Yes. <laughs> Which ones did you do? Um, I was dared to do Bloody Mary and oh. scared the crap out of myself. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't remember. Did you do Ouija board or lights of feather stiff as a board? Did you? Do yes, I think we made a Ouija board. You made a Ouija board. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. like channeling some deep demons. That's yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones that are crawling their way out from the underworld. Yeah, this was back in like third, fourth grade when we did this and really scared ourselves. So then like as teenagers, we're like, no, we're never doing that again. <laughs> you know what I find is so funny is when you talk to a lot of adults about Ouija boards, you know, kids kids are going, oh, that'd be cool. I want to try that. And there are yeah. so many grownups I've talked to that are like, no, no, I don't mess with Ouija boards. Like right. people have had experiences with these things that, well, I want to hear about those experiences because yes. I'm twisted. 
So what I would like from our listeners is if you had any creepy slumber party games that you played and maybe something kind of spooky, kind of ghoulish, or maybe even something really crazy and funny happened, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear all about it at themimesispodcast at gmail.com. Send those to us. And hopefully, if we can get enough people participating in this, we'll do an episode comparing how these games um, I just almost knocked Sandra's iPad onto the floor and my <laughs> life don't do that for my eyes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mine is broken. I, I don't want to pay for yours too. <laughs> Anyways, once we get an entire episode or uh, a good collection of these done, we hope to do a listener episode talking about them and comparing to how these same games are portrayed in movies because they are often in horror movies quite yes. frequently. Yes. Oh, we need to do some horror movies and compare oh. them to how they pertain to real life. See, we talked about that the other day, and I brought up the Blair Witch Project, and you like went into the fetal position. <laughs> yeah, I can't know that when I'm not doing that. That's all you. I'll just be over here like, oh, yep, I remember that from the movie. Nope, I was hiding behind my hands. <laughs> That's so funny. I had um, a roommate named Bethy at the time that Blair Witch came out. Bethy, if you're listening to this, I miss you. I love you. It's been too long. But um, she went and watched the Blair Witch Project with her boyfriend. And then she came home and, you know, she was going to go to bed, but she was so scared. She like crawled, can I come and sleep in your room tonight? Like she, she was so She's so tiny. I can just see she that. Is, she did. And I was going, what is happening right now? And she's like, I watched a scary movie. Okay. All right. Come on. Uh, so yeah. So I know we're just starting out and it's probably going to be a while before we get enough listeners to put together an episode. But please send those in. We want to hear from you. And also when you send your stories, please let us know if we can say your name on the show or if you'd rather we didn't. Either way is fine by us. Um, I yeah, think... we don't want to have you guys get like, oh, I didn't want them to say my name. Yeah. <laughs> like if you have a crazy stalker out there and you don't want us to yeah. say anything so they can find you, that's cool. That's all right. Yeah. We got Just tell us. Give us some crazy name. Yeah. <laughs> Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody do that, please. Um, I think, you know, when we first recorded this episode, the very first time, I made it a surprise of what we're going to be talking about today, but we've posted it on our social media. Yes. So it's not a surprise. anymore. Oh, before we get into the episode, I also want to say this blows my freaking mind. Our page, our Facebook page just went live yesterday. Yesterday. And we have over 100 followers on our Facebook yeah. page already overnight. Yeah. And we have some great people in our lives. We do. You guys rock. <laughs> we love you. Please listen. Don't just Please. like the page. Please listen. Please and listen. Yes. Okay. So is there any, is that all our news for? This? I think so. All right. Cool. I know. I'm ready to get into this again. Because <laughs> yeah, it had some We're really freaking awesome information. Dive back in. Let's get dive it. in. Got, get it? Because it's Jaws. <laughs> We're going to dive in. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> okay, so this time we are going to be comparing the movie Jaws to the shark attacks, uh, the New Jersey shark attacks of 1916. Um, yeah, so I think we can get started. Yeah. I've talked. These people have listened to me ramble long enough. Let's get started. <laughs> Let's okay. go. All right. Um, now, a lot of people may know that Jaws was originally based off of a book written by Peter Benchley. This became like an inception kind of research for me on how I wanted to do it because 
Peter's book is based on the shark attacks of 1916 and Jaws is based off of Peter's book. And I didn't, it, it seemed a bit much to try to compare all three at once. So for this episode, I'm going to do the original shark attacks and the movie. Uh, if you guys want to hear the book compared to the movie or the book compared to the shark attacks, we can do one of our mini episodes off of this and we yeah. can talk about that as well. But that was just a little too much for one episode. So for this one, we're just going to go with those two. Let's start with the movie that made sharks everywhere feared and hunted, unfortunately. <laughs> the movie Jaws is probably the most wide known subject matter wise, plus being the biggest grossing movie of its time. It was a classic film and was dubbed the first ever blockbuster. It was so good. It is. It is. Um, we're going to do a little refresher about it. We're going to be talking quite in depth about it, but there is a spoiler alert. I'm going to be discussing details of the movie. So if you're one of the five people on the planet that haven't seen it yet, then, you know, maybe pause here, go watch Wait, it, come on back. You really think there's people that have not seen this movie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can understand like the kids have not seen this, but... Everybody has to see this movie. You have to. I think it's a rite of passage. Yeah. Like maybe before you graduate high school, they won't give you your diploma unless you've watched <laughs> Jaws. Yes. I would be for We live I in can't. Florida. Like I think that is a good, good <laughs> you should yeah. have to. I can't wait to introduce my daughter to it. Oh, She's ready. We are getting so off to topic here, but <laughs> I have to tell this story because it cracks me up. I did this long con on my kids for the longest time when they were babies and they wanted a song at night, I would sing to them, show me the way to go home. I would do the whole boat song. The <laughs> drunken guys on the boat, I would do the whole song, but I would do it like in a soft nursery rhyme voice. And my thought was someday they're going to watch this movie and they're going to know I got that from Jaws. And just within the last, I want to say like two years, my oldest put it together. Oh. And she was like... <laughs> You got my bedtime song from Jaws, and I lost it because I was like, I did, and I don't regret this at all because I knew this moment would come, and it's so funny. I wish I was a fly in the wall watching oh, her glorious. realize that. She was like, seriously, Mom? Yeah. <laughs> what fun is having kids if you can't, you know, mess them up a little bit? <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Just enough to make them fun at parties. Anyways. Okay, so back to it. Steven Spielberg was only 27 years old when he directed the movie that made people of all ages afraid to go back in the water. He had very few film credits under his belt at that time and wasn't considered by any means any kind of superstar just yet. Still, when Jaws was offered to him, he hesitated. A friend of his had written a, a screenplay called Lucky Lady that was set to star Gene Hackman, Liza Minnelli, and Burt Reynolds. And Spielberg was given the chance to direct that. It was his agent who talked him into taking Jaws instead. And with the shit show that followed during filming, I have no doubt he probably cursed that day, that guy's name day <laughs> and night for a long time. Oh, probably. There were probably some really nasty phone calls that happened. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so super funny fact as we dive in, are you ready for this? I love this so yeah. much. Um, producers wanted to get an actual animal tra trainer to train <sighs> a 
real no. great white. <laughs> no. Yes. A real great white. No. Now, have no. you ever seen any kind of animal show that stars a great white doing tricks? No. There's no. a reason. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to eat you. Yeah. You can you can chum the waters and hope for the best. That's pretty much the best that you can train a great white. Yeah. That's like, I mean, <laughs> no. A, that's a certain kind of stupid. Yeah. This like, shark I mean, right here, I'm going to train it. <laughs> That's like, I un I understand that people have trained tigers. I mean, Tiger King, which we'll definitely have to do. Oh, yo, good Lord. <laughs> that one is all you. I will. <laughs> but like, these are wild animals that can turn on you in seconds. Like, you cannot train a shark. No. No, the shark is just looking for an opportunity to eat you. Yeah. Yeah. You look like a big seal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's not a compliment to hear from anyone, much less a shark. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know. They No. On your surfboard, you look like a turtle. That's mm -hmm. how it goes. Okay. Um, in the end, they built a shark, which was named Bruce after Spielberg's lawyer. He's still his lawyer Bruce. to this day. Bruce. Yes. I love that name. Yes. That was your daddy's name. And it's also the shark from Nemo. Brucey. Yes. He, which <laughs> Here's was Brucey. He was named after, he's named Bruce after Jaws as kind of a wink and a nod That's to that awesome. movie. Now, there was a problem with Bruce the shark. Bruce the shark was built and tested in freshwater. Jaws was filmed in saltwater. So Bruce was breaking constantly. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It gets pretty salty. <laughs> yeah, you're you got it's out in the elements. You're in the ocean. The shooting was constantly be, being shut down because one thing or another was going wrong. In the original screenplay, there was supposed to be tons more footage of the actual shark, but Spielberg had to rethink all that because the damn thing kept breaking. So he thought of Alfred Hitchcock and how he implied a vicious attack in the shower scene of Psycho without actually showing it. It was implied through camera angles, positioning, and a killer soundtrack. Soundtrack, you know. Well, I mean, that makes sense. We all know that. Like, I think that made it might have made it worse because you're in the perspective of the shark. Exactly. Exactly. It makes it so much scarier. And yeah, I mean, the Jaws soundtrack, the Psycho soundtrack is very well known. The Jaws one, I think, is even more so. I mean, those yeah. two, you make those, you make those noises, duh, duh, people immediately know what you're talking about. Yeah. So and people they, do that when they're in the pool and playing all the time. Yeah. My stepdad used to torment me with that. <laughs> he would circle me making the jaws noise. And then every now and then he just grab my ankle <gasps> and just dunk me for a second. <laughs> like all the way under? He'd pull like, you yeah, all Yeah, he'd pull me all. Not like rough. Not like, you know, <laughs> ah, drown. No, it was just grab my ankle and just pull me under real quick. Just a quick. <laughs> <laughs> Like flashing before your eyes. It's funny. No, it was funny at, at the time. But. Okay. So you know that they have like these showings of Jaws where you can sit in like yes. a pond or like a lake or a pool. I don't think I could ever do it. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I'd be so afraid of somebody grabbing my butt. Oh, they absolutely will. I think that's <laughs> maybe that's the fun of it. You know, maybe. somebody's going to grab your butt. <laughs> Yeah. Like I could probably do it if I was sitting in a pool, but sitting in like a lake where there's fish and no, 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 no. 
<laughs> even seaweed touches your leg and you're going yeah. flying out. You can walk on water like that fast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Look what I can do. Yeah. No, I see that. I see that. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I would like be the one flipping over my tube, dunking myself underwater and like running. <laughs> Making a huge spectacle. Uh-huh. Like, Everyone else whoa. is just. Wow. That was a lot. <laughs> I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, going along with that, what Spielberg ended up doing was he built a glass front box to put the camera in and submerge it like half underwater. Sometimes it went completely under. But like you said, it gave that perspective of the the shark's point of view. And Spielberg himself credits that camera technique and the infamous music as the 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 little chef's kiss that made this movie what it's what it yeah. was and i i have to agree i think yeah. that was brilliant filmmaking okay so we have our director we have a malfunctioning shark we still need our cast producers originally wanted a tall handsome blonde to play the part of marine biologist hopper but richard Dreyfus was spielberg's first choice Dreyfus, uh, he wasn't like super excited to do this at first but then his first starring role in another motion picture tanked sorry Dreyfus he was pretty freaked out about what that would do for his career so he kind of came begging for the role hat in hand hey can I have a second chance at that and of course uh, he was given the role and became one of the most lovable characters on the film um, I will say. Do you think maybe that that was the better option for him by doing Jaws and not the other one? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like, made his career go a little bit further. It, it really did, <laughs> and that's one of the things they they said. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. Um, the information I'm getting from this it is from a documentary, The Making of Jaws, which you can find on YouTube. Fantastic. Uh, documentary i completely recommend it if you want because i'm not going to be able to go into everything but it's it's a fun watch it is for sure um but that's one of the things they said in the documentary is that this movie launched the careers of a lot of people that were associated with it yeah and i think right i think mr dreyfus there was one of them i will say there was one thing he talked about in the documentary that really bummed me out hardcore what you see this documentary was filmed at martha's vineyard and there was there was a movie set and there were lots of girls hanging around the movie set and apparently dreyfus had a lot of sex oh and he talked about (laughs) that like he was hooking up he was hooking up hardcore which you know in one in one aspect i'm like good for you that's office awesome but and the other thing like I don't know something about him. Every role I've seen him in, he just he looks like a sweet teddy bear. So yeah. to hear him talk about like, oh yeah, it bummed me out <laughs> so hard. I was like, Mr. Holland's Opus, no. no. <laughs> Which by the way, that's no. what I think his name is. His name is not just Mr. Holland, it's yeah. Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes. I love that movie too. Well, apparently in his day, he was a bit of a player. <laughs> a lot of a bit of a player. A lot of a bit of a player. <laughs> That bummed me out. Anyway, we got Dreyfus playing Hopper, Roy Schneider playing Schneider, excuse me, playing Sheriff Brody, Lauren Gray as his wife, and Robert Shaw as Quint. 
again, I'm going off topic for a minute here. Um, I thought his name was Quinn. Quinn. Up until researching this, <laughs> I thought his name was Quinn. My entire life up until this point, I have a niece named Quinn. And in the back of my mind, I always thought it was cool that she was named after the, the fisherman <laughs> from Jaws. She is not. Quinny, I no. still love you, but I'm bumming hard that you're not named after him. <laughs> okay, so... We have most of our cast. What we need now is the very first shark attack victim, who is Chrissy, a pretty carefree, up for a midnight dip kind of girl. Midnight skinny dip kind of girl. Ooh. Aren't we all? Aren't we all up for just stripping off our clothes and swimming in a shark infested waters? No. 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 Well, enter Susan Beckline. Now, Susan is a badass for a couple reasons. First off, as a Florida girl, I absolutely love the fact that she was qualified to to act and swim for Jaws because previously she was a mermaid in the Wiki shows in Wiki Florida. For those of you that haven't seen these shows, and I don't think you have. I don't think we have. No. Okay. It's um, over can you take me the, there next time? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's over on the Gulf Coast. Um, we usually spend our time more on the East Coast. East Coast yeah. and in Central Florida. But yes, it's over on the, the Gulf Coast side. And for six decades now, actors have been performing in this show as mermaids, tails and all. They eat, drink and swim without surfacing thanks to these oxygen wands that they draw breaths from as need did be. You, did you say eat? Yeah. How? There's... How can you eat when you're <laughs> underwater? They do it. They do it. I don't know. It's. I, I think there's some footage. If you look on YouTube, look up the Wiki Wachi Mermaid show. There will be some that came up. There's one. It's from like back in the 1950s of this girl. Like she's cutting a steak underwater oh, and what? taking a bite. I don't even understand how you would do that. You couldn't. You would cook have to a like steak. <laughs> it would be floating. How is it not floating away? But you would have to like exhale right before you put them out the bite in so there'd be all the bubbles and then like before you inhale like put it in your i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna go out in the pool right now and try it because i'm <laughs> no, pretty please. sure i would i would drown <laughs> and choke <laughs> we don't want that to happen <laughs> but there's a way to do it so yeah there's if you haven't seen that show it's very cool um yeah look them up on youtube you see susan was the perfect fit for this infamous show because she was used to performing underwater like this and for this particular scene they had 10 men on pulleys on either sides of her um, the pulleys were attached to her legs uh, i'm not sure if they were attached to her arms or not but i know they were on her legs and probably her midsection and they had these men dragging her back back and forth simultaneously simulating a shark attack okay but this isn't where susan's badassery ends during this time when an actor or actress needed to show their body for a scene, they would be asked to disrobe during their auditions. Maybe this yeah. is still the case. I'm not sure if anyone listening knows if any actors or actresses. It's just actors now. We're not supposed to differentiate by sex anymore. Just actors. actors. Sorry. Um, if anybody knows if this is still true, let me know. But it sounds horrific <laughs> and like every nightmare I've ever had, pretty much. Now, Susan... Susan didn't want to be a part of doing it this way. So instead, she came armed with a portfolio, oh, excuse me, a portfolio of herself, including some tasteful food photos of her body that she could supply the casting directors with so that they could see what they needed to 
but on her terms. Good. Good for her. Exactly. I completely admire that. So that's our, our badass Susan there. But Susan wasn't the only one that got roughed up a little bit in the filming of their shark attack scenes. Jeff Voorhees was the boy on the raft that you might remember. He gets eaten in a flurry of fins and blood. Yeah. Well, during filming, young Jeff couldn't stay underwater long enough and keep his arms from showing. So what did they do? Um, Well, Spielberg decided to have a scuba diver under the water by Jeff. And when the shark attack part started, the diver would grab hold of Jeff and pull him down (laughs) and then give him his breathing apparatus so he could stay down and finish the scenes. Yeah, that's traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here I am, like, swimming along and... And then some guy named Phil just dragged you under. <laughs> so this kid came out of this movie not with a fear of sharks, but with a fear of scuba divers. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just got to be scared of going under the water at this point. Yeah, because you know the guy couldn't he couldn't drag him under nicely. No, he couldn't just nicely pull him under. It has to be abrupt and sharp because yeah. shark attack. So because they want to make it look like he just all of a sudden disappears. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, Jeff, if you're listening to this, man, you all right? You need a hug? <laughs> Sounds we'll terrible. give you hugs. We'll give you a hug. Well, social distance hug. So we'll just hug ourselves while watching each other. That, that was so weird when people do that. <laughs> <laughs> I never witnessed that. You never witnessed that? Yeah. No. They would hug each other in front of each other. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I guess it. we just never went anywhere. So no, that's true. You guys never <laughs> left your house, which is good. Which was good. Yeah. Just we 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 didn't have that luxury. Oh well. All right. Okay. So now one of the most heartfelt scenes of the movie is aboard the Orca when Quint, Robert Shaw's character, talks about his time in the military and his ship sinking in shark-infested water. This story is true and is based or is based off of a true story, I should say. And it's based on the sinking of a ship called the Indianapolis that was carrying two atomic bombs. I wrote bonds in my note. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be bombs. (laughs) During World War II, the vessel sank. The survivors were surrounded by sharks. They were in the water for five days. Five whole days? In shark infested waters. 1,200 men went into the water. Only 316 survived. Whoa. And there were lots of fat sharks around after that because, wow, that's a lot. Well, yeah. Uh, Shaw decided when first filming this scene that he was going to allow himself to have a drink to prepare for the heavy emotional aspects of it. But Because he he actually lived through that. Uh, Right? No, 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 no. Um, But he, he wasn't on that boat. It was just based okay. off the men that oh, were. Okay. And actually, a lot of the men, and this was also in the documentary, a lot of the men that were survivors of it were very, very touched to have their story be a part of this. Because Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but Mr. Shaw did not stop at one drink. By the time they called action, he was completely shit-faced. <laughs> he, he made it through the scene, bless his heart. Um, they got one filmed, and then they called it a night probably because Shaw was trashed. The next day, though, they filmed it again with Shaw stone sober. 
While I haven't seen these two to compare them, the documentary did state that he was such a talented actor, you couldn't tell the difference between him when he was actually drunk and when he was faking it. <laughs> that's awesome. So good for him. That's, yeah. That's good acting skills. Yeah. I'll, I, I think he did have a little bit more of a drinking problem than the, the documentary let on, but at oh, least, more at than least likely. he was still able to get his job done that day. Yeah. Okay, those of you that have seen the movie even once know the famous last scene, the smile, you son of a bitch moment. Yes. That one scene took six months to film because of all the problems with the shark and the, the elements. Oh, my goodness. By, the, by this point, they were millions of dollars over budget, and many people, <coughs> Richard Dreyfus included, <laughs> feared that the movie was going to bomb at the box office. Yeah, Dreyfus said in some interviews that he thought that the movie was going to tank. He had to retract the statement after it came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, now, when they were getting ready to film the very last scene, they everything else was done. They finally got the shark to cooperate. They're finally getting done. They're about to call action on the very last scene, and Spielberg bounced. <laughs> He vanished. Peace. <laughs> Spielberg out. Mic drop. Apparently, this is something he does, like a superstitious thing that he does on every single one of his movies as he leaves when the very last film is being, or the last scene is being filmed. Like, just dips, leaves. Yep. He's okay. out. Okay. Maybe he wants to beat the traffic. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if anybody Or does. he doesn't want anybody to party with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not going to be friends when this is done. That's how he lets him know we're not friends. <laughs> We were just working faces. <laughs> just working friends. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is actually true or if this is just something he did because he was like, fuck that shark and he just wanted out. <laughs> That's very possible. Like, I have had enough with this damn shark. I'm <laughs> leaving right now. Bye. Yeah. No one talked to me anymore today or this week, this year. Anyways, if anyone knows if this is actually true that he does this on more than one movie, please let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to think that he seriously was just like, fuck this. I'm out. Um, okay, I'm so the film was finally finished, and now it was time to unleash it on the world. How was it received? How do you think it was first received? I It was probably received, like, scary. Like, people got scared of trying to go into the waters. Oh, yeah. They got so scared. There were viewers throwing up during oh viewing. <laughs> they had people running and screaming out of the theaters, and they fucking loved it. People loved that they had that kind of visceral reaction to this movie, and it became the highest grossing film of its time, launching, like I said earlier, launching the careers of everybody associated with it. Yeah. like I don't know went, if I've ever had an experience like that watching a movie where I felt like I was going to puke. <sighs> I, I oh. Have, I have, I have, and this is going to sound really bad, but I had the flu, <laughs> food poisoning kind of thing, and I was watching The Parent Trap, and it was the part, like, the old one, um, not the Lindsay Lohan one, like, the original Parent Trap, and they were cooking the fish, and I was like, I can't, nope, and ran and threw up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had, I can't think of a movie that I had that kind of reaction to, but um, did you ever watch... The Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix with Drew no. Barrymore. I know what you're talking about. I started that, but I was, what, three months, four months pregnant? No, I couldn't. Because she has the explosive uh -huh. vomiting at the beginning. Yeah. 
Well, apparently I was just about to get the stomach flu when I watched that for the first time and her vomiting then kicked my stomach (laughs) flu was like, oh, we don't need to wait anymore. Let's just do it now. And then I was like sick for three days. I've watched it since and it was a great show. I'm so bummed it was canceled. It was hysterical. I haven't finished watching it because that was the the morning sickness really got to me and seeing that was like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you skip over that episode and maybe start at the second, it's a hilarious show. Yeah. But yeah, that scene, that that was, that yeah. was gross. That was pretty <laughs> gross. <laughs> okay. So I think that's about all the trivia I have about the movie. So now we can dig into the actual New Jersey shark attacks of 1916. At this time, family vacations to a, to the beach were hugely popular, and that was made even more so because a research paper had been released that scientists said that people had nothing to fear with sharks. The paper stated that there were no unprovoked shark attacks on the eastern shore, shoreline, and get this, that sharks couldn't bite through human bones. <laughs> Oh, here's what I want to know. Did a shark write the article? <laughs> right? You know, like, let's get all these people here so we can eat them. Yeah, they don't have anything to worry about. You're, I don't I don't even like you. You're not my flavor. No, gross. Don't come here. And then <laughs> there's the biggest shark attack <laughs> ever. Yeah. Okay, so the first victim of the 1916 shark attacks was not a pretty blonde up for a skit midnight skinny dip like Chrissy. Instead, it was Charles Van Set who was out for a swim and a stroll with his dog. Now you might Aww. remember there's a Aww. scene. It's okay. It's all right. The the shark the the dog is fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm more worried about the dog than the human. I know. That's I sad. could hear like a slow <laughs> groan coming out of you of dread. Um, but there is a scene in the movie where a guy is playing on the beach with his black lab. And then the black lab goes missing. And they never like say that the the dog got eaten, but they don't say it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I hate when they do that stuff. I know. Well, in this case, it wasn't the dog that uh, the shark had its eyes on. Uh, Charles was wading in waters. You know, they they were shallow waters, no more than 15 feet from shore. Excuse me, 15 yards from shore. he turned and Charles turned and saw a fin headed straight for him. The shark attacked, but it did let go in time for Charles to drag himself to shore. His leg was tore open. His femoral artery was severed. Despite making it to safety, he bled out and died within two hours. Many wanted to think that this was just a fluke accident. Unfortunately, five days later, it happened again, and it was another Charles. This shark apparently had a taste for Chucks. Charles. Yeah, he wanted some Chucks. Uh, <laughs> this is not what they mean by a, a pair of a mar- matching pair of Chucks. This isn't it. No. no, no. This one was Charles Bruder, a bellboy who went for a swim. When he saw the shadow of the shark beneath the surface of the water, he thought at first it was a canoe launching. Then it struck. Both of Charles' legs were bitten off below his knees. He was pulled aboard a boat by rescuers, but died before they even made it to shore. So not only were there two shark attacks so far, they were both fatal. Yeah. And like really close to each other, right? Very close to each other. Okay. At this point, armed patrols scoured the shoreline with anti-shark nets. This is 
It's not something I knew existed, but they're large mass chains, chains used as shark proofing nets. Like to like push them back out further, I guess. I don't know. I've like never giant heard of that. chain mail. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't, I, that's what I picture. Yeah. That's, that's what I would. And again, if some, there's a, there's a hawk in my backyard right now and I keep looking at Sandra and she's just like. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, but he's there's the hawk sitting there, but like a bird flew up right next to him. It's like, dude, you need to move, or he's gonna attack you. <laughs> like, look it's at him. It's the circle of life, <laughs> and that's all I can sing in that song without us getting sued. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the bird's attacking him. <laughs> His nest must be nearby. Okay, now yeah. focus, focus. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Okay, um, so we got the we got the shark proof netting up, and people are panicking so badly that there was a woman out swimming who was screaming because she had a cramp, and no one came to help her out of fear of encountering the shark, and she so ended she up died? drowning. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Everyone was so they were just sorry. No, there might be Finn. You're on your own. Um. While the ocean had people scared to death, of course, people always look for other venues, other right. options. They believed that the rivers and the streams would be safe. Well, I would assume that. Yeah. The problem with that is some rivers and streams are still connected to the ocean. Oh, they didn't go to one that was not connected. They just went to the one that was they connected. Went, they went where it was connected. They, oh, okay. Yeah, that's not the best no. idea. No. no. Matawan Creek was a muddy river that few would think connected to the ocean anyway. So maybe that was maybe that was it because it was kind of a muddy river. They didn't think yeah. it was possible. I don't know. Um, but on July 12th, Thomas Catterall, I think that's how you pronounce his name, C-A-T-T-O-R-A-L, Catterall, was walking across a bridge and saw what he estimated to be an eight-foot shark in the creek. He told people nobody believed him. Like he was just walking and saw it? Or yeah, he was, he in was there walking saw over and a got bridge out. and he saw it okay. and nobody believed him. So every shark attack that happened after that could have been prevented. If they if would have listened. Yeah. yeah. No, they didn't. Uh, because they didn't listen, 11-year-old Lester Steelwall oh. was swimming in the creek with friends when his buddies noticed a fin nearby. Before anyone could warn him, the shark struck and dragged Sweet little Lester under. Mm. He was only 11. He was a baby. 27-year-old Stanley Taylor saw the boy struggling and dove in to try to help him. Unfortunately, he only retrieved part oh. of Lester's body. Now, I don't know what part it was, but let's just say it doesn't matter because it's not good. If it's just a piece, it's not yeah. good. No. Things went from bad to worse when Stanley was then attacked and died for his heroic Ugh. jester. Yeah. The string of attacks wasn't done yet. Only 400 feet downriver, a shark struck a man named Joseph Dunn from behind. Joseph was one of the lucky ones. He lost his leg, but not his life. So, so far, everybody else, it's been fatal. Has this, sh when that shark happened with the 11-year-old boy and the other guy, did the other shark attack shark, shark attack happen at the same time? Just no, a little bit down. No, it wasn't at the same time. So they were like different days. No, this is this. I I think it was the same day. 
because it was just 400 feet down the river. So I think this was the shark like continuing his. Oh, so yeah, they would have no time to tell like other people that were 400 feet down, whatever. Yeah. Like this makes me wonder though, because this shark is eating a lot. It makes me wonder they're not normally a pack animal, but I'm wondering if there was more than one. Yeah. Because I'm was sure like their migration pattern is still going to. Was it breeding? It could have been. It could have been. Was it pregnant and needed extra food? I don't know. I mean, don't we all get a little crazy with food when we're pregnant from time to time? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, Joseph Dunn lost his leg. And then, okay, so here we go. Of these five attacks, the time span was only 10 days. So from okay. that first one to this la the last one, there's only 10, 10 days, days there. It's going fast and it's going hard. The press descended. Panic swept the country. Uh, President Woodrow Wilson even decided to get involved. He called in federal agents and the Coast Guard to take action on this matter. Hefty okay. bounties were put in place for anyone who could catch the shark. Do you see how this is going to backfire? They caught sharks. Thousands of sharks Ugh. were killed. Thousands. So let's make the sharks go extinct. That's smart. Yeah, and it totally throws off the entire ecosystem of the ocean, right? Because that's everything's out of balance. Just then. stay out of the ocean. Yeah, so-called fishermen, and I say so-called because no, no fishermen of merit would use these methods. These so-called fishermen were using guns, harpoons, and even cannons to kill sharks. Yeah, yeah, that's not. You know, there's one thing when you're hunting for food. If you're hunting with a cannon, you're just there's not going to be anything left. You're going to blow no. into bits. Um, yeah, this, this is just horrific. This I couldn't wrap my mind around this. On July 14th, 1916, Michael Splicer caught a shark. When it was cut open, 15 pounds of human flesh were found. 15 pounds? Yeah. Which, wow. Because of that, they led, they were led to believe that this shark was responsible for the attacks. And then it oh, was yeah. hung up like a trophy for all to see. I mean, did they find two legs in there? I think it was just like <laughs> hunks of flesh, you know, oh, where it's yeah. like now it's all been broken down and it's just you. But yeah. if you get a chance, I think um, on our social media, one of the pictures that I posted was of the paper and they showed the shark the dead shark oh, with okay. his mouth pulled open and everyone's standing behind him and like listen i know the shark killed a lot of people but it, it's gruesome how they hung him up and yeah. how he was displayed it was uh, i don't like that questions still remained after the attack was this the actual shark clearly this shark had eaten somebody it had flesh inside yeah. of it but was more than one shark to blame could this happen again well, after this shark was caught, there were no further attacks off the Jersey Shore that summer. However, sailors reported seeing more sharks than ever before. As World War II was going on during this time, it was believed that sea battles drew the sharks inland in search of food. They were drawn to New Jersey because of temperature changes in the Gulf Stream. Higher temps due to a heat wave invited the sharks in, while more people were seeking relief from the scorching temperatures. Well, and that makes a lot of sense. That yeah. makes it easier because people are hot. They want to go swim. The sharks are getting pushed in. You would I mean, assume that there's going to be more yeah. shark attacks. You're, every time I think when, when I go to the beach, it, you're stepping into their domain. You're in their living yeah. room now. 
you can't be surprised if you see a shark there. Respect mm -hmm. it. Get out of the water. You know, listen. But yeah, that's their living room. <laughs> yeah. Like I am growing up in the South. I'm not afraid to go into an ocean, but I'm terrified to go into a lake. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's in there. <laughs> yeah. I can't see the bottom. Okay. More people were frightened by the movie than actual the actual attacks. However, both show that you can't ever really predict shark attacks. No, the second never. you step into their ocean, like I said, you're in their domain. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to freak anybody out. I'm a Florida girl. I love a beach day as much as anybody else. But just be aware. Be alert. Make a conscious effort not to look like a turtle or a seal. <laughs> yeah, no surfing. Even yeah. though I really want to learn how to surf. Yeah, I do too, <laughs> but I'm so clumsy. I know it just wouldn't go well. Uh, have you ever seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall when Paul Rudd is trying to teach Jason Siegel how to, how to surf? Yeah. Do less to do more. <laughs> do less to do more. <laughs> I love him. Paul Rudd's amazing. All right. Well, there you have it. The real shark attacks versus the movie. Which do you think are scarier? I would have to probably say the movie just because of the camera angles and what they do. But knowing that the shark attacks are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no smile, you son of a bitch moment, which, you know, I kind of wish there was. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what they said when they shot that shark. Exactly. Maybe he did say it. <laughs> there was also no women killed by the shark, which I find very interesting. Maybe we smell different. <laughs> Maybe it really was a pregnant female shark. Yeah. And men are jerks. <laughs> She was, I mean, I get that. You're at the end of your pregnancy and you're yeah. like, everything with testosterone sucks. And she's just yeah. eating these dudes. Yeah. It was a feminist shark. Oh. There we go. <laughs> that makes me even more sad about her pictures. Oh, goodness. Well, I think that's all I have for us today. I hope everyone enjoyed this deep dive into shark infested waters. We would love to hear back from you about this episode, what you thought, maybe any topics you would like us to discuss in the future. Again, you can get a hold of us at the mummies podcast at gmail.com. And I think that's about it for today. Yeah. It's been a good one. It's been fun. It was. I loved listening to all the information that you have on Jaws and the shark attacks. Don't be afraid to go back in the water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, I'm Stacy. I'm Sandra. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.